Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Third Chances, where we speak to people that I met during my journeys and that have a strong story to tell. And today is quite special because I met Daniel Dagba uh, last month in San... San Antonio. Antonio, Texas. Yes. I flew from Florida and she flew from California. And, and I don't know if you know this, but sometimes you meet somebody who is so beautiful inside out. That just you somehow, it was the whole persona that kind of, we got connected, we got, we got somehow torn to each other. And uh, it was love at first sight. Yes. And ever since we kind of talk and feel like <laughs> we are soul sisters, That's right. so Danielle, is originally from Heidi and she is a spiritual teacher and her calling in this incarnation is to help women love themselves and reconnect to their bodies with her husband Alain and they are the owners of happiness retreat center a platform that equips individuals with the tools to achieve a state of well-being wellness and a wealthy mindset so that's quite a mouthful <laughs> to say but I'm the most curious. The Happiness Retreat Center is a fantastic name. But how does one become a spiritual teacher? Welcome, Danielle. Thank you. You can explain. You just don't get born like that. <laughs> Literally, we didn't go to um, any school of spirituality. We did not have any spiritual, I guess, um, education so how do you become a spiritual teacher i believe is when you begin to master your emotions you've overcome yourself so much that you've gained mastery over your mind 
you can deliberately choose your emotions. And I believe once you overcome certain things in your life, that automatically puts you in a place where you are permitted, you are allowed to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's for lack of better words. I don't know, <laughs> for lack of better words. Um, I find that as I was going through my journey, of overcoming obesity. For example, I was 60 pounds overweight at one point. And I educated myself about, I didn't go to school of nutrition. I started to, I tapped into spirit and I was led to so many materials and tools to not only lose 60 pounds, but I kept it over almost 15 years. Automatically people come to me, Danielle, what are you doing? So I began to teach women um, about how to love their bodies, the processes that I went through. So I believe once you overcome something, you are uh, you, you are given permission by the laws of the universe, if you may, to teach about it because you've gained that power and that ability and you have a story to tell. So that's how we, we are called spiritual teachers. <laughs> For sure. And does the, the island has anything to do with it, do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, my husband, um, maybe one of these days you'll have him on this show. He has such an incredible story. Uh, he was born with some natural spiritual abilities. I had to like walk through life to kind of like gain some <laughs> spiritual powers, if you want, mm -hmm. if you want to call it like that. But he was born with, a, with the ability to see from in the spiritual realm, um, um, to tap into deeper wisdom, to channel uh, revelations from the Bible because our background is Christians. He was able to um, tell, if he sees you, he didn't know you, he could tell your life story. Wow. So he was born with quite, with some spiritual gifts. That's incredible. So can I ask, can I ask very intimately how you guys met? <laughs> oh my God, absolutely. Literally, Vera, let me tell you, I remember um, I had a, I had a baby, um, in my mid twenties, I had, so I was a single mom. And I remember after I had this child, I said, I gotta get my life together. I prayed, Vera, I prayed for not just anybody, for my purpose mate. I was so clear, I could remember that prayer. So when I met my husband, I knew, I knew that was my husband. So how we met, I truly believe that we met in the spiritual realm because when we met physically, it was, we knew. We knew we were meant to be together. So you uh, so mastered manifestations as well. <laughs> <laughs> we manifested each other. When I spoke to him, he said the same thing. He said to God, I will not date anybody. He had just came from Togo, West Africa, to Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. He said he refused to date anybody. He said to God, his higher self, the higher being, I only want to date in America, I'm only dating my wife. I don't want to date anybody else. And you were already here. Yes, but I was in Boston. He was in Nebraska doing that prayer. I was in Boston praying. And then we met in Boston, two mutual friends at a party. Wonderful. And <laughs> you are together for how long now? Almost uh, two years dating, 20 years marriage. So 22 years, Vera. Beautiful, beautiful. And I know this. I know that you 
working with relationships, with helping people with relationships, but I still want to know how did you arrive there? How did you, you know, like I said, you most people are not born with that like some people it takes them lifetime to start acknowledging their emotions and realizing that they are in control of it so did something happen that made you look deeper into yourself or or how did you arrive there i was tired of being myself (laughs) i was tired of myself i was like you gotta go girl figure out your life you gotta you gotta go um, so it's my journey, I will say, just to give you a little backstory, I was raised in Haiti, born and raised in Haiti, strong Catholic religious background. Everything was head knowledge. Um, I've always felt a deeper connection with God, but I didn't know how to access that. Everything that that was given to me to um, grown-ups or priests, it was, everything was head knowledge. I couldn't connect to my emotion, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know how to emotionalize God. I didn't know how to make God practical. But so, did, you, did you recognize that you're missing something in it? Like, did you, at that time, did you recognize it's a head thing and not the heart? I felt it. I felt like I was longing for, I was yearning for a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. with a deeper part of me. I didn't know what to call it, but I just felt like I, it, it just was not it. Whatever was I was being fed to, you know, Catholic schools and Catholicism, it was nice. But after a while, I, I realized that something was really, really missing. Um, so at that point, I started to ask deeper questions. I went to self-inquiry. Like, w- what is the purpose of this life? I believe many, many of us we go through that phase in our lives when we realize there is so much more to life. But for me, it was a deep yearning. My soul was almost like, um, won't let me be. Hmm. That makes sense. But the turnaround came for me, um, Vera, when after I had my daughter um, last year in college, here's the thing. I had my future planned out. And in my my mind, my destination was I was going to um, graduate school. I had an undergrad in um, foreign languages. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to become this professor, this, I don't know, this having mastery and doctorate in languages, travel the world. So here I am with a major, major plan. And that got redirected and I found myself having a child you will say out of wedlock yeah literally unplanned by not by not by anybody that I could actually bring home and say to my parents who are very very traditional um and have very high expectations I couldn't even say this is if my baby daddy it was just something that happened so I had to say what then, then when that happened, I had to say, how did my path got redirected so abruptly? What happened? What happened between where you're supposed to be heading in life and where you found yourself? I was becoming a single mom last year in college, unprepared for motherhood. And I was just like, something got it, something happened. 
So I knew I had to begin to heal my life. And that's when I began to confront, I guess you can say, uh, my childhood abuse. So I was sexually molested and then I was also raped in college. I had nicely buried these, um, these events. You know, um, growing up in Haiti, I found a way to excel in school, you know, and I found a way to make life happen. But you can't hide these pains for so long. They start to surface. Mm-hmm. You know, it so fascinates I- me because I, if I compare it to myself, I, I, I'm fascinated that so young you already felt that something is incomplete in you because I was the go-getter and I was just going through life without realizing that life is flowing by and I like I arrived at, at deeper meanings and everything long after my 40s so it fascinates me that you felt it this young because that I don't think that's that's totally Mm-hmm. it's it gotta be unique that totally stood me apart i was different i felt different going yeah. up i felt like I, I i could feel people pain and i feel a strong desire to alleviate pain i feel like i, I could take people's pain for them so they can go free so there was this deeper yearning to make people feel better mm-hmm. and when somebody and i could feel people energies and I could feel like they were either sad or lonely mm-hmm. or that they were not they, they didn't feel loved at a, at, a, at a very early age I find myself as a little girl being the one if, if company come, come over came over our home I'll get the water I'll get the juice I'll wipe the seats and what else do you need I was always doing more than everybody else to make people be happy so I, I knew I was different and I felt different. So maybe we can say safely that you were born with some gifts as well. <laughs> I guess. I yeah. Yeah. Now I'm learning it's an empath. I, later on in life, I realized that it's an empath. I, I, I can easily take on energy. I feel energy from far away. I can sense energy and I take on energy. So yeah, so that's something later on in my adult life, I had, I had to navigate especially as a spiritual teacher and coach, how to just really, really be transparent to people's energy. You can still be compassionate, but not feel like you have to take on their energy home with you, so to speak. Yeah, that could be draining too. But draining. If, I, if, I'm, uh, if I'm following your story, what you said that you experienced some not so pleasant things during your childhood. And you, so you were going on to find a way to heal it by yourself honestly Vera I thought I could just this didn't happen I believe whenever as a child when you go through certain um traumatic events and because you don't have the tools to handle them or heal through them or maybe the adults in your life if you even get to even express them um I, I believe I did tell my mama what's happening but they just didn't have the tool yeah so I believe as a child, the best way you feel like you can go on is to make yourself believe it didn't happen. So I was able, I was able to do that for a little bit until early 20s. I, I watched my life and I felt like there was a part of me that was not in control. Then I learned through the desire to heal that it was the pain personality. Your pain doesn't just vanish, yeah. you know? Um, they just, they just, they, they just suppress 
And I believe my emotional eating and me gaining weight was part of the ways to deal with that pain. Yeah. Even though when we don't realize it, it's something, it's it's going to be bubbling somewhere. Yeah. It's going to be bubbling somewhere. Yeah. 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 So that's, me, so what did, what did, how, walk me through it. I just, I'm so curious about this. Yeah. Amazing. So, so I, I realized that as, as a child, I, I became, you see me right now as, okay, she's bubbly, she's happy, but I used to be called deaf and dumb. I wanted to not even talk. I was very shy, very reserved. Mm -hmm. uh, people talk about low self-esteem, Vera. I had, I had zero self-esteem. I wanted you to tell me what my favorite color was. I wanted you to tell me what should I wear. I wanted, I, I was looking so much for so much validation. Hmm. I needed you to tell me I was important. I felt like I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and see anything. Wow. You understand? So I grew up being very shy, very, um, very low in, I guess, almost not being conscious that I exist. I think a part of me left with that, with, with, with those experiences. Mm -hmm. You understand? So and I know after I had a child, something had to give, something had to give. Now I had not just my life to figure it out, to figure out, but my daughter. So that was my wake up call. I always say that she was a gift from heaven. And I, and I will never forget this. I was so broken, so lost. I remember after a week coming home, Vera, first of all, I went through the pregnancy. I wasn't in touch with nothing, Vera. I just knew I, I had a fear. I couldn't abort a baby. I just, maybe the Catholicism fear. I just couldn't go through that. So I knew I had to carry this child, but I was so not in touch with myself, with life, with purpose, so empty and void on the inside. I'm even surprised that I carried a healthy baby. Yeah. So beautiful. Were you with your family as well? Oh my goodness, it was, I was a total disappointment to everybody, the Catholic church, my community. Um, we, you know, we, we had position in the church as youth leaders. So it was a big shock to everybody. I never saw the, the baby daddy again. So I had to carry all this shame alone. It was a, the dark, one of the darkest moments of my life. Very dark. Um, but something, something happened there. I remember after a week after I brought my child home, she was laying on her crib and it dawned on me. I said, how can something so beautiful and so whole come out of a hot mess, lost being? That's how I felt about myself. Then I said, something clicked. There's a higher power. There's a love somewhere. Does that make sense, Vera? Yeah. Something shifted and reassured me that there's grace, there's love. And it was a reminder that I can tap into it. And that's how my journey started. That's powerful. I don't even want to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's, it's, yeah, it is, it is incredible because it kind of pushes you to grow up really quickly. It does. Now you are responsible for another human being. And you, at the same time, you probably found the motherly power in you, which is not a little thing to acknowledge because now God gave you the gift to carry a child. Exactly. And even though it was kind of carrying with shame at the beginning, now you look at her eyes and it's 
different experience, isn't it? It is. She ended up being the light of the house, the beautiful flower of the community. Everybody that was talking about me after she was born, they just, they were just so in awe of just how beautiful and perfect she was. So I said, if something so pure, so beautiful can come out of me, what else can come out of me if I had my life together? Yeah. So that's when probably, I started. Probably because it was meant to be this way. I believe, I believe that soul chose me. She's like, let me help her. Let me help her out. I'm gonna come in her body. Whether she like it or not. <laughs> I literally believe that, you know, we had a soul contract, me and my daughter. I truly, absolutely believe that. I don't know if you believe in soul contract and reincarnation, but I, I have so many evidences of, of souls that I feel like I recognize them. You're one of them, by the way, Vera. But, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but I believe we had a soul contract where we said, hey, I'm going to come through to your body. I'm going to help you out of your depression and your low lifeness. And I'm going to give you a purpose to push forward. I truly believe that she was an angel. Mm -hmm. She said she's an angel in my life. You know, it's it's beautiful because I, I was not joking when I said at the beginning that it really, like, we that was first time we saw each other. And you have beautiful presence because obviously you had a long hair and it's just gorgeous smile and everything. And I love <laughs> your voice. I'm very sensitive to voices. <laughs> and it just, suddenly we were like sitting together talking about life. It was, it felt so natural. It's, you yeah, don't nah. get that with everybody, you yeah. don't. And then I remember the funny part when we were flying back home, everybody, right. and you were supposed to be leaving, like, I think 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. I, my flight was all the way in the evening. So right. I had to move out of the hotel room. So I kind of went to the airport and I was going to read and just kill time there and just wait for my flight. And then you mentioned that your flight was postponed so many hours that you were still in the airport. So we spent another time together. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I, certain things I believe are meant to happen. And this is one of them. And and your daughter was big, big lesson. <laughs> I have been friends with many Italians and Italians always go like snap out of it you know when there's something <laughs> and this was a God's nudge to snap out of it this is meant for so many more beautiful things that you have no idea how many lives you're gonna touch you said it perfectly Vera you're singing my song you're singing my song right now you said it so perfectly yeah, I think that's yeah. how it feels so tell me when when did your husband came to picture? Okay, so I met my husband two, my daughter was about two years and a half. Again, I was like, God, because the father wasn't as involved. We got reconnected, trying to work things out. But I, you know, when you know you're forcing something, but it's not your, it's not your path. So I had to let that go. Eventually I said, God, bring me. I pray for a God-fearing man and a father figure for my daughter. Um, so how I did you end up in America? Did you go with your well, family or by yourself? No, we came. I came to America a, dec a decade prior to all of that. A okay. decade and a half. I came to America when I was sixteen. Oh, okay, okay. Uh -huh. And this whole shika boom happened when I was in my mid twenties. I see. Okay. My twenties. So, uh, so yeah, I prayed for my husband. So when my daughter was two and a half, and I was about twenty-five years old, that's when I met him. 
And then said player. Oh. And yeah. you immediately, both of you. And then we immediately knew we were so uh, purpose made, soul made. We knew. We knew. Oh. Tell me, this is <laughs> really fascinating. So, did you start your business right away or did it grow into something? But you know, uh, when we met, people naturally will come to us and ask us for insights and advice. When we met, my husband had, uh, had a, ment a spiritual mentor back home in Africa. So he was very advanced in a deep, uh, mystical understanding of the Bible. He had done many like spiritual fasting. So when, when he came, he helped me understand the word of God and how to make it practical in my life. So, so he, I, he feel fulfilled what you were missing there. Exactly. Exactly. And I was longing, remember I was telling you, I was longing to connect with God and make God practical. So he was such a blessing. He 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 uh bridged that gap of, of that separation where I felt God was distanced, God is judgmental, God is just somewhere out there just watching my every move. That's the kind of fear I had of my higher power or my higher self. So he was just this person out there, big being. So he helped me understand that God is love and everything was in the Bible and nobody has ever taught me about the deep wisdom of the Bible and made it practical in my life. So we started to find, we found this, this church. We evolved together to that church. It was a good church in the sense that they, 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 they really went in depth about the Bible and we were at that level where we wanted to understand the word of God. We wanted to bring uh, the, the power of the word in our community, Haiti and back home in Africa. So that's what we were at in our lives. And we were led to this church that had the Bible teaching type of um, mentality. So we fit right in. And what began to happen is we wanted to give back. So we got involved in the church. They had youth group, they had uh, uh, young Christians group, they had singles group. Then when we got married, we, we led the married, the young married group. So we, we just had a heart of service there. Mm -hmm. And whatever there was a, a, um, a spot to fill, we said, we'll do it. We, we, I guess we wired that way, wanting to give back. And naturally from our church and our community, people started to say, Alan, Danielle, what, what, you know, people would just come to us for spiritual advice. Mm -hmm. uh, for prayers, it was just as if they're so new to come to us and God, and then through the power and wisdom, wisdom of God, we naturally started to coach people, mentor people we, for free. Yeah. <laughs> we did that for free until once, I, I think about, uh, let me see, 2012, we said, okay, honey, this is ministry, which we, we call ministry in the church, is taking a lot of our time. Let's turn it into a spiritual coaching. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't about uh, maybe 10 years later after we got married, we turned it into uh, a profitable business. But for 10 years, we were just giving free coaching, prayers, serving the church. But it was taking time from, from each other and, and taking time away from our kids. So we had to turn it into something that can bring some, some money, some financial yes, Actually, amazing because many people can't even work together. Not to mention run business together. <laughs> it's, it's it's I you know the coaching has been around, but it wasn't so 
uh, normal than back then, right? It, it was right at the beginning when people start realizing that they may need some other help than maybe psychoanalytics or, you know, psychiatry or, or you know, therapy or something like that, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty, plenty of people that feel disconnected just like you did when you were young. Absolutely. And they are not sure where to look or what to look for. Exactly. So how did, what, what that happiness center works like? <laughs> so, so, um, so what we did, um, in 2012, my husband had always been working for the ministry. He was working, even though we weren't really getting paid, but that was his passion. Mm-hmm. So um, after a while, I said, okay, we're just going to step out step out in faith. And I also, I branched out from my tra- traditional nine to five. And we both then invested full-time into ministry, spiritual counsel- counseling, Bible teachings, and giving back to the community and our church. So um, it started out with just focusing on the Bible and just helping people through the word of God to um, connect to the higher self, to connect with God at a personal level. Mm-hmm. And then it grew because when I, when I started to heal myself emotionally, you know, in our relationship, because of what happened sexually, I just couldn't, there were times when the trauma, I could feel it in my body. So that started to interfere with our intimacy. Mm-hmm. So we, my husband had to channel. We both had to pray and say, God, help us. And I believe many times in a relationship, when a challenge comes, we're like, uh, well, I guess this is not working out. Go back to your mama. I'll find something else. I think many times what brings us together and what we're supposed to heal as a couple sometimes separate us. Because people don't understand that there's a reason why you come together is to both of us needs to heal. He had a strong anger issue and I had leftover uh, self-resentment, like um, self-resentment, self-loss coming from my past. So through healing, we had something more to give to people. We channeled this um, soul treatment where we, it was all by by spirit Mm -hmm. because I was so, I was so sick in my soul. My husband is like, God, help me with this wife. You're giving me. Help me out. And I literally, he channeled. Because of me, he channeled this step of taking people back to their trauma. It's not hypnosis. It's not like nothing we out there that we know of. But through the power of clothing ourselves with the Christ of unconditional love. And he was able to find a way to help me recognize my higher self as pure love. And from that, call my inner child that was wounded. That was all by spirit, Avera. Mm-hmm. And then learn to love and, and love my inner child and accept her and apologize for what happened. So we had the soul treatment added to our Bible teachings. And then that opened up then more resources to help people, not just, not just grow spiritually, but heal their lives. No, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have deep trauma deep inside them, just like you did. And they don't know how to, what to, they just swipe it under the rack and just hope it's going to go away, but it never does. Never does. So then as I watch my processes, like how I came out of um, self-loss, I call it self-loss because I lost myself. 
-hmm. I was doing everything for everybody else at the cost of not confronting myself. I was the mother, I was the youth leader, I was the, um, the, the, the minister, I was the daughter, I was all over the place, the favorite auntie. I was doing everything for everybody else. I was busy at home, I became a busy body. All of that so that way I could deny myself. So when I watched the processes that Spirit with God took me through with the help of my husband, of course, then I realized I have something that I can give to people. You know, um, right before my 40th birthday, Spirit sat me down. You're going to write your life story. And I wrote my book, Born to Succeed, Program to Fail. I'm getting chills. I remember just sitting there and God is like, we're going to write this book. In a week, I wrote this book with steps to take women out of the emotional trauma, step into the beauty that they are and the magnificence that they are, that they are not their pain. And that they can use their pain actually as a catalyst for change. So then I was, and then I then since then I've been speaking at women's events and book a lot of back in Boston. I was really, really involved in the community, talking about the power of self-healing and the power of self-love. So I've been doing that. Of course, if my platform changed, um, you know, evolved since about um, the past since the past 10 years. Uh, but that's what I've been doing. That's my calling, teaching people, women in particular, how to love themselves. I can't believe we have to teach that. We have, it has to be taught. Yes, <laughs> but that's what I had to learn. Yeah. And that's what I teach. Yeah. And you, you had that feeling in you, but many women I met throughout my life, we are always in service of other people. We are always giving, giving, giving. And the last thing that comes to our mind is our own needs. Exactly. One dear friend of mine always says, like, you cannot pour from empty cup. And, but we never think of our needs. We always are there for everybody else. And I think that's specifically for women. It's, it's, it's a big problem. And then, like you said, you lose yourself in the process because you... You, you, everything to everybody, but where is your needs? Where is, where is you? Who are you? What <laughs> exactly? Yeah. So this is, this is very powerful. I'm, I, I wish I met you 20 years ago. <laughs> Don't worry. We will catch up on lost time. Don't worry, Vera. <laughs> yeah, because that, this is, this is, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I would be laughing. I just, I was totally oblivious to these things. I, I was going through life. Uh, I had a successful career and and I wasn't spiritual at all. I wasn't missing it like you did. I, I, I was like, this is supposed to be. This is supposed to, this is how it's supposed to go. You know, like you get taught these things that you are supposed to be successful, whatever you do, that blah, 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 good grades at school. And that's how it is. And so... It took me much longer, much, much longer to realize that, wait a minute, there is something missing. Right. There, this is not, this is not how life just go through and you hardly notice, you know, but it's, so it took me many more years than, than you to realize that I have to actually slow down and stop and, and look around and start realizing what is happening, what is happening to me. How mm -hmm. 
things, how I can control my own emotions, which I'm still in process. <laughs> it's still a working process for As me too. Know. The working process for sure. But it's it's a big deal because once you start learning these kind of uh, personal empowerment, I would say, uh, when you're realizing that it's really not what happened to you, but how you react to it and all these things that start making sense. I was getting different messages from different sources. Mm-hmm. They were the same messages, but it was... Mm-hmm told differently and it started yeah. making sense and it started forcing me to look at it finally seriously and it's really it's it's surprising when I listen to you and you telling me you you had it almost as a child in you some incomplete something yes. I did not I did not I was like okay I'm supposed well, to praise yeah. I'm supposed to do this that is this, this and I yeah. just like life went by yeah I mean, I was very different from everybody that I knew, my my classmates, my siblings. I've always felt like there was more in why we're wasting time. Why are we not looking for more? Why is everybody so content content with the bare minimum? Like there's something deeper. I do, I do believe that every soul comes with different um, agenda. You understand? So based on what we have worked on in our previous incarnation, so we, we have to continue what we have done. And we've done different works on ourselves, right? Depending on what, uh, what, what experiences we allow ourselves to evolve through. So I feel like um, the processes of unfolding ourselves is being able to um, evolve through experiences and then, and then achieve a state of awareness where you can ask those different questions. But if you are deep in deep hypnosis, and I believe that that's what this world offers, like a lot of being unconscious, honestly, yeah. not, 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 I think that the biggest thing we have to overcome is thinking we are the body, right? Once we, we identify with just the body, we, we, right there, we miss the point. We have a body. The body has specific requirements food, shelter, rest. But we have a body. It's like you have a car. You're not your car. Your car needs services. You have to clean your car, take care of your car. But you're not your car. Mm-hmm. You're the owner of the car. Your soul owns the body. It has the body. It has a body. But once you recognize that you are the spirit, that's a different ball of the game. Yeah. You have to feed your spirit the way you will feed your body. With the proper information, with wisdom, with energy from people who are spiritually awakened, spiritual wisdom, you understand? And there's always going to be this deeper calling of the soul. It's just that we don't pay attention, Vera. Yeah. Tell the me, spirit, when, right? you, when you work with women, when right. they come to you for help, is it easy for them or is it hard for them to to cross that bridge that you were just talking about? Because people, you know, especially when they are in pain, they may not recognize this is because you are so disconnected from your right. inner strength and from your inner soul and, and everything that makes you. Is it hard for them to find it? How how does it work? 
Well, first of all, I make everything so light and so fun. <laughs> because we've already been through so much pain. There's no need to make this thing so serious, so tedious, so hard. So I make everything light and fun. That's number one. But I must say, I don't help every woman. There's some people there in some deep, deep traumatic, um, dark space. Like they, they just completely, completely psychologically, maybe completely not even connected to, to themselves, not just themselves. There's a deep disconnection, maybe a deep depression. Sometimes uh, I'll evaluate and I realize that they might need to go to maybe six years of regular therapy. Mm-hmm. just to get them to a place where they can come to my spiritual coaching because I, I, I'm not a therapist, right? So they may need to go back to their passive bed and just connect a little bit. They might need to do some pre-work with a professional therapist first. And then when, when they get, when their mind is at a place where um, it's clearer, now they can, they can own, because I want them to be able to own their energy and their emotions and come to a place of um, being responsible for your life. Mm-hmm. You understand? I need that pre-work done, maybe with a professional or maybe something they can do prior. But when they come to me, that means number one, they are ready to change their lives. I've, I've, I've gone through 30 minutes consultation. They're not ready. Yeah. Everybody else is the problem. They're not the problem. I'm going to, we're going to have a very hard time to help this kind of person. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they may have like a very, 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 everybody else's fault and they need to be punished type of mindset. They're not, they're not willing to see things differently. They're not willing to see the part that they may have played. Even if somebody had done 99% of the harm, at least recognize that 1%. So it's going to be very hard for them to go through my regular coaching program because it does require that you decide and you're willing to change. Yeah. That is a, that is a, a requirement for me to work with you. Yeah. Because you have to move from the place you are not a victim anymore. Exactly. You are empowered to do something about it. And some of them, their, their pain personality or their emotional body has such a strong hold on them. They may need to work with a therapist to let go of some of that hold. Yeah release that pain. So now when they come to me, it's, I, when they are ready to invest time, money and energies, you have to invest those three things. And they are, willing, they are willing to go through a process. If you've been in pain for the past two decades, for the past 40, I don't know, four decades, it's not gonna change overnight. Right. But I can paint you the destination, what, what I believe you're destined to have. And I can point you to the fact that you already have what it takes. I'm just going to help you un- um, unlock your superpowers, so to speak. Yeah. So I take them to the process of accepting, number one, accepting that you are absolutely loved. And you don't have to be, do, or have anything to deserve that love. You are loved just because you exist, just because you are. You are the evidence of love. And bring them to that awareness because we've lost it as a child. Mm-hmm. Because we were taught love has to be earned, deserved, or work, or work hard for. Yeah. 
you understand? So I take them. And if they are Christian, you know, they're open to the Bibles, we, we, we go to some scriptures, right? But the Bible scriptures is universal truth. Anybody can learn from it. If they open, we talk about that. So I, I, I bring them to a place of accepting the fact that they are good enough as they are. A hot mess, confused, lost, it doesn't matter. Just as you are, you are already loved. The second step is you are made of love because there's no other way you could exist except love brought you forth as an extension of God. And then I take them through the process of understanding that this body is actually a powerful tool. That's what spirit did with me. A major part of my spiritual awakening, not enlightenment, I'm still working towards enlightenment, my spiritual awakening came through reconnecting to my body. So I take them through a process of many women, we judge our bodies, we criticize it, we criticize it, it's not good enough, we're comparing it. There are parts of the body like myself that was touched wrongly. There are parts of the body that have gone through major pain because the body keeps the score. If you understand the gift of the body and how intelligent it is and how it can speak to us through subtle energies. So I help them connect to, to, to meditation practices. I um, how to send their awareness to parts of the body that have been hurt misuse, abuse, maybe they had a, a difficult childbirth, maybe they had a bad accident, the body keeps the score. And there's any toxic energy, energies that are trapped. That's why sometimes you go to the hospital, chiropractor, they do that thing, but they can't really get down to the source. So then I take them through body love, body reconciliation and body celebration. But the body begins to serve them as a tool for spiritual awakening by sending love and gratitude and appreciation to the God. Hmm. I'm just like sitting back and listening. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So how does your husband enter the picture? Does he work with you together or sometimes, or how does it work? Yes. So uh, as a couple, we do our uh, weekly, we have a small spiritual community here that during the COVID, uh, we did a lot of things online, but for the past three years. So now we, we're going to start to transition to a local physical place in Southern California. Um, because Zoom, I mean, COVID is over. So we're transitioning to physical, spiritual gatherings soon. But right now we have an online, um, weekly Sunday online teachings that's free for a particular group of students. So we, so every Sunday we come together and we just, we just uh, empower people through spiritual principles, mostly from Bible scriptures. So we do that together. Um, as a couple, we offer uh, insights. A lot of it is from our own journey as a couple mm -hmm. and our individual awakening. So we bring insights about what is love, what keeps love alive. Why do some specific souls come together in a romantic relationship? So we talk on relationships. We do uh, retreats every now and then. And uh, most, most importantly, right now, we're just giving free insights to our pod relationship podcast. 
But there's some situations where my husband, because he's, um, he's very, the soul treatment that I mentioned, if I have some cases, because he's very good at taking somebody through their past and empowering them, like if they had a very, very traumatic past, but they are willing to change, they are willing to take responsibility. Some of my clients, I might, he might work with them for a little bit. You understand? And then they'll come back to me and then I'll do the, um, the body love, body reconciliation, which I call agape. Agape means unconditional love. It's my coaching program for women. Then I work with them to reconnect into their bodies and take them to the step of agape. <laughs> She's like, continue. <laughs> fascinating. It's fascinating. And it's, it's, it's just, we talked a little bit about your work, but I not, so, not so in detail. So it is the first time for me to hearing this as well. And I love it. It's just, it's, I think there is really such a deep need for somebody like you and your husband in this world, spe specifically lately. Yeah. Because people feel lost, people feel hurt, people feel misunderstood. Um, mm -hmm. They are walking around miserable. They don't know what to do with themselves. The I think the online world doesn't help because then you start following all the bad news and you start comparing yourself to somebody else that you start, you stop recognizing what is reality and what is not. And your work is the opposite. Your work is the going back in or within and, and actually recognize what power you have inside of you. It's exactly. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I love it. I love it. And how to access the power at, at the right time. Yes. Because you know, like I said a few years ago, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to understand all of that. I wouldn't mm. be able to see the strength in it. You know, I was I I was really, and I don't believe I'm I'm alone. When when I was kind of like somebody would tell me, "Oh, I'm still finding myself," or and I'm like, "Oh my God, just get over yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Who has time for that? It, it was totally lost on me. And I know there's many many people that go through whole life like that, and then towards the end they realize like, "Oh my God, what? Like my whole life went like this and." is that it, you know, is there, is there something else that I was meant to do? Or is it looking back, you know, what, what we, what we do with our life is so important. Does your book help you with, uh, with your work? Yes. Um, so a lot of my, so what, what, what I do is um, some women, they might just say, Hey, I just go to the book because the book gives you a 21 day um, step do-it-yourself type of thing where I'll, I'll guide you and I'll coach you. I'll give you a little practice at the end of every chapter. So you can absolutely do it yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, but many women find that they need that support. They need that energy of somebody who can see better what they're not able to see for themselves, if that makes sense. You understand? That's always but like... something powerful that you said, Vera. I found that it's not so much what people go through that is a level of pain. I mean, we can't deny the fact that there is so much pain in the world. But I've heard this says, I've, I've heard this saying, this quote, I'm not sure from where, pain is inevitable, but suffering is by choice. Tony Robbins said that. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. And I truly believe it's true because right now, 
honestly, if somebody is willing to change, Vera, there are so many tools. Yes. There are so many tools. And you do have your angel, your guardian angel. You have invisible uh, friends in the invisible realms. There are, there's a spirit, there's your higher self. I believe what happened is that when we start getting into this world construct, the requirement of society, the definition of success and happiness, which is the car, the material stuff. This gives us this fake joy, this fake, uh, this fake, I don't know, um, happiness. Yeah. But it's fleeting. It is. And you so know, what I, do we do? I know many, many very, very rich people that are deeply unhappy. Oh, we've seen it too. The material things don't make you happy. And exactly. it's it's what you go for thinking that this is your goal or this is the destination that you have in your mind that that would make you successful, therefore fulfilled. And that's the well, last thing that yeah. you get with that, with all that. The fulfillment is not there at all. Exactly. And I think, and I think people can then get so disappointed because they thought this, this car, my dream car, that's going to do it. My dream home, that's definitely going to do it. My dream girl, my dream boy, whatnot. Yeah. Oh, when I have kids. So it's it's just being, we, we, we've been misguided. And then we have to suffer the pain of disappointment when the marriage didn't work out. I have a child, but now I have to deal with postpartum. And I, maybe I wasn't really ready. So now... What do you do in that case? You are forced to find yourself. Yeah. Is and it, it's also, it mm -hmm. also requires to be vulnerable and being able to admit it. Which Absolutely. That's not an easy process for somebody. But at some point, every soul, whether it's this incarnation, whether it's this year, next year, we're all going to have to confront ourselves, be honest. I, I always say the highest level of honesty is the truth you tell yourself. If you cannot tell yourself the truth, no guru, Jesus can come. I mean, the, the highest spiritual master can be in front of you. Resources can be around you. You're not going to tap into them because you're denying the fact that something got to give. You're not happy. You're broken. You need to heal. You have to be open and vulnerable, even if it's just to yourself at first, Vera. Mm -hmm. And then the resources will come. You open that door for the help to come. You become magnetic. I remember there was a time, many times when I get stuck in my spiritual path, there's this understanding that I'm lacking. And I, and I'm, and I say, God, I'm ready. The book will come. I'll turn the TV or I don't really watch TV, but I'll turn something and then that's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. So it always comes from a place of your willingness to change and always being honest with yourself. If you can lie to yourself, nothing can help you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. We have to light it up a little bit. <laughs> I know. We went deeper. We went yes, deep. no, I love it. I, I I really and I do so I so appreciate that you were willing to go that deep because I I you know 
I was hoping we will have a deeper conversation. I I don't believe when people invest time to listen to something like that, uh, I would hate to disappoint and just give them some shallow kind of description <laughs> about who you are because there's so I so many layers of you that I'm sure we didn't even touch. I know. <laughs> and I hope everybody's watching on video because she's so beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Person. There's no, there is really some something around you, some aura about oh. you that, that just throw people in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Vera. I feel the same about you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have... Um, if I never met your husband, obviously, and I hope I will soon, uh, if by any chance I ask him how he would describe you today after all those years of work and, and <laughs> growing up, what would he say? Funny. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I make people laugh, Vera. I, I feel like less, less. There's so many things that's heavy. Let's be light. Yeah. Let's be light. But isn't it also the first requirement to kind of open your heart as well? I believe so. You lighten up a little bit. Like I have a great sense of humor. She, he says, like, oh, my Danielle is crazy funny. She's crazy funny. You know, um, I just like people to loosen up a little bit. Yeah. And it's needed. And I, think I love it. Yeah. I don't know if that would be the first thing that would come to mind. <laughs> I, I, for me, when I first met you and I'm- Oh, I was in magnetic. My husband thinks I'm very magnetic. I pull people in. I grab it towards yeah. me. Um, uh, magnetic, powerful energy, dynamic. Like I'm like, ah. Sometimes I have to calm myself down. I have so much power inside of me. <laughs> But I think you were talking about love and love giving and love finding and love uh, discovering in you. I think you are the description of love. Oh, you know, the, 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 I don't know. That's somehow I felt a great with you, whether we yeah. were talking or not, it just being together. And then we exchanged a few phone calls and it just feels right. Even yeah. though we are from completely different backgrounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so hilarious. I always laugh because I have um, you have beautiful dark skin. I'm obviously I didn't even see sun lately, so I'm super white. And my last name in Czech means black. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I knew the connection was there. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is really. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad I chose uh, Texas to go so we could meet yes and tell me, so tell me if somebody listened to this podcast and is smitten by you like I was <laughs> if they feel like maybe you can help them or maybe they just need to talk to you and see if there is a way to help them what would be the best way to get in touch how they can find you what would be the best first step to take maybe mm -hmm. Honestly, danieldagba at gmail.com. That's my main Gmail inbox. Hi, introduce yourself, um, you know, a quick sentence, and then I'll get them on a 30-minute Zoom. I just like to chat to people and get to know people. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if our resources can help them. 
Okay. Right? So danielle.ba at gmail.com and then um, I'll respond. Mm -hmm. And I'll definitely post all the connections to... Yes, all the connections. So, show, yes. show, show notes so it will be below the episode right. uh, so people can reach out. And your book is available at an Amazon, you think? Yes, it is. But I'm 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 doing a final on, on my third web revision. So that would be up on my website, Happiness Retreat Center. That's another good source, uh, Vera. If they want to get in touch with um, our spiritual, the soul journey, the soul treatment, some of our resources, our main website is Happiness Retreat Center. Um, eventually, I will revise my book and my book will be there. Okay. You you seem like that kind of artist that his work is never ready because you can always find something that needs to be changed. I know it, because you 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 unfolding all the time for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm coming over. I'm coming to Florida. We're going I to hope so. I hope oh, yeah. our our ocean is much warmer than yours. <laughs> it is for sure. It is. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> if if there was something you would like to say as a wisdom to part with, what would what would come to mind? What may help you previously? What would what would you like the people to know that yes. is true for them? Yes, I will say this: you have what it takes to make every aspect of your life work. Don't cut yourself short. A pain is not an indication of your destination. Mm -hmm. A pain is to propel you to your final destination. Don't make a pain, an emotional pain, a disappointment, your resting place. It's just a curve in the world, on the world. Don't make it your dwelling place. That's what I would say. Love it. Love it. <laughs> love it. And I have to tell because that will be on record and you can back off from it. I was asking Danielle when we met that she needs to record uh, guided meditations for me because of her voice. <laughs> and I am still waiting for that. <laughs> it's coming, Vera. I'm not gonna let you off the hook because oh no, <laughs> I am. You know, I'm meditating. I'm not so great about it because I know it's important, but I'm I have a hard time to calm my mind and everything. And so, guided meditation helps me, but there are certain voices that just squeak so much for me that I it right. disturbs my peace. And it's it's funny. I don't know if that's from the background when I was singing. There are certain voices I'm so super sensitive to that if they do the meditation, I can't even calm down. It just like bothers me so much. So you are one of those wonderful, calming, <laughs> velvety voices that needs to do that. <laughs> it's coming, Vera. <laughs> and I hope that maybe one, one time in the future we can get together and maybe have a podcast with you and your, your husband and talk. Absolutely. On relationships. Yeah. Relationships stay for sure. Yes. I would love that. We would love that. Yeah. And I would mm -hmm. meet him too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I'm so so sorry you didn't get to meet my husband. That would be... Oh, I know. But I feel like I can see him through your heart and through your gaze. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Daniel, this was so beautiful. And oh, I'm so glad we finally made it happen. I know it was, yeah. you are super busy and it was quite a scheduling challenge to get I... on the record. But I'm so glad we did because this is going to be episode for many people to maybe re-listen a few times. Oh. I'm and, so happy you made it happen, Vera. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope we will see each other soon. Absolutely. Bye, my friend. <laughs>